Hey kings and queens, welcome back to another episode of Tortured Souls. I just had therapy and so we were talking about different things in my life and at one period we were talking about Utah and like how crazy that place was and how like, I mean honestly at every place I went to I acted out like crazy. Like I was by far always like the worst person, the most difficult person because I was so hopeless with my life like I didn't really think I was gonna make it to 16 then 18 then 21 I was like whoa I'm still here so I kind of just didn't give two shits about anything and I I wanted to hurt myself and so I would do really anything that I could to do that and there were some circumstances that the staff would be pissing me off and I'm like well if you're gonna make my life a living hell I'm going to make your life a living hell and I would. After my accidental overdose, I was at the hospital on the cardiac floor and I was going through major detox and withdrawals and they couldn't give me anything for it because my heart was barely beating. When I don't know if anyone really knows what you go through with detox or withdrawals, but like I was having really bad paranoia. So I wanted to get out of that hospital because I was like, someone's gonna hurt me. And I don't know, I woke up to blood in my underwear when I was not on my period. So, you know, that heightened my paranoia to a whole nother level because hospitals are shady sometimes. And like, since they thought I was suicidal, I was on a one-to-one. And there were times definitely I woke up to a one-to-one that was a male. I don't have any memories of anything. All I can tell you is that I woke up with blood in my underwear. So... I was extra paranoid and I needed to get out of there so I was trying to get out of there but every time I tried to stand up like I was passing out because my I, my body could not let me like it just could not handle being standing so they were trying to keep me down but I was like fighting it because I'm thinking they're my enemies right I'm thinking they're hurting me so I'm like get me the fuck out of here like I don't give two shits and then I'm coming down from meth so I'm very strong very strong I mean and that was the thing with all of these circumstances that You know, there's a lot of things I haven't done, I mean, I've done in my life that I'm not proud of, for sure. Um, But then there are some things that I am very proud of that do come with mental health. Like that it would take like 10 people, even like big men, to restrain me and take me down and get me to stop fighting. Because like, that's how hard I would go for it. I'm like, no, basically be getting me, like there was no way I was gonna be hurting myself anymore, doing whatever I was doing. And I'm like, hell to the no. And I'm fighting for it. I'm literally like, I would drop dead weight all the time. Anyway, so the point was, is like, they were trying to, they had this like restraint on me that would literally like restrain me, like on my chest to my, to the bed because the like physical restraints weren't working. And at one point I literally ran out of my room and almost flung myself over the balcony at the hospital from the third story. But then um, a security guard grabbed me before I fell over and so yeah, they like dragged me back to my room and I dropped dead weight the whole time through that security guard. It really like frightened him so he came to talk to me like later and was like telling me about his son who has like bipolar and like the issues that they have with him and actually like after that night he was supposed to be going up to like this cabin or something to see his son with his wife because he's not doing well. So that really impacted him, but anyway, so there was a couple other people that it kind of impacted, and so I don't know who wrote this letter. Like, we never found out who wrote this letter, but it had already been shift changed, so there was another nurse, 
And so he handed me this letter and he's like, this is from your mom. So I'm opening up the letter and I'm reading it and I'm like, this is not from my mom. One, it's typed. My mom would not type like, because so out of all the, all the places I've gone to, my mom always sent me cards. She always, she would send me those papyrus cards that were like super fun. She was sending me letters. So like my mom does not just type shit up like that. So I knew. And then there was just phrases that she was using that I was like, my mom wouldn't have used this word. She would have used something else. Or she always calls me her like princess. And so then she was saying in the letter, I was saying stuff about like just my daughter, my daughter or like something like that. I'm like, my mom would have never used that word. She would have used princess. And so these are just some things that I'm reading. And I go to him and I'm like, my mom didn't write this letter. And he's like, yes, she did. They told me that she handed it, came and handed it. And I was like, my mom didn't write this fucking letter. Give me my phone and let me talk, call my mom because I know for a fact my mom did not write this letter. And they would not give me my phone. And I was like, okay, well, this is against patient rights at this point. Because again, I've been through so many hospitals. I know my rights. You need to give me my phone. Like, I need to be able to call someone. You can't just let me not call anyone. And then he was like, well, we can call for you on my phone. And neither of my parents were answering. And so then I was like, well, I still need my phone. And he was like, no. And I was like, well, that's against my patient rights. And then I was like, let me talk to a patient advocate. And he's like, we don't have any in the building. And I was like, bullshit, you're a fucking hospital. Of course you have patient advocates. What about at the ER? What if any of those ER people needed patient advocate? And he's like, well, we don't have any. And I was like, okay, here we go. That's the end of this. So I stood up on the little nightstand right by my bed and they all came rushing in. They were like, come down because like, the thing is they were like, well, we'll just take you down. And I'm like, if you take me down, like I'm going to just let myself fall and hurt myself. Like you're not gonna take me down from here whatever you guys think you might do. And at this point, they realized that because again, earlier, I almost threw myself off the balcony. So, you know, they didn't want to cause any more trouble because they knew what I was capable of. I was like, if you're going to make my life a living hell, like I'm going to do it to you as well. I literally told him that. And he was like, well, what can we do to get you down to come down? And I was like, you better hand me my phone and give me Xanax in my arm right now. And so they come back with my phone they come back with the Xanax and they put it in my IV and I'm calling my mom she never wrote the fucking no like literally I knew it I was right and this nurse so my mom pulls up to the hospital right she's like what the fuck are you guys doing giving me a note giving my daughter a note that you know that says that it's from me like that's fucking weird the nurse all of a sudden you know he's like now being so nice to me so calm like from the moment I woke up he was so mean to me and as soon as my mom showed up as soon as he realized that I was fucking right about this letter he was like oh okay and so then he started being nice and he's like okay we're gonna figure it out because my mom was like I'm talking to someone about this because this is not okay that someone out here is writing letters to patients like this and claiming that it's from their mom I left and went to the psych ward and then my mom later got a follow-up message from the hospital and they said that they figured out who the staff member was who did it, and but they did not ever let me know who it was. So to this day, I still don't know who it is, but I kept the letter because obviously we wanted that for proof, and I just thought it was fucking weird. Like, who does that? I don't know. Like, that's just... I know that it was all about... It was all inspirational. So it wasn't in, out of a good intention, but... It, why not just send it saying that it's from whoever it was actually from, like from a staff, whatever. There was a staff member at the Utah place and we were on the cute unit, me and this girl. I don't know. There was just some people where they were just mean. It was not even like they were even trying to be nice. Like they were just purposely being mean. 
And, you know, we were just pissed and he was already just pissing us off within, it was like an hour of his fucking shit. And so when we got to go outside and talk, we like came up with this plan. We look at each other and we just pick up the chairs and start throwing them. Like, because it was just like, he was just being annoying. And so we were like, you know what? Well, now you have all this paperwork. Now you have to tackle both of us. Now you have to call a dial nine. And now you have to deal with all this shit because you were being a dick. We were both on tier three, so we had at least another week in there. So at this point, we don't care. Like, you're going to make my life, like, awful. Like, I am going to do the same. So that was just another thing. And, like, we all know, like, I don't mind hurting myself. Afterwards, they, like, throw us both into, like, the seclusion rooms. And the next thing you know, I pop out my fucking rock from my sock. And I'm like, well, thank you for giving me this locked up space where I can now hurt myself. Thank you. Um, but then they came in and took the rocks and restrained me. So, you know, but I don't know. There was just some circumstances where I did that in a lot of places. I just acted up in literally every place I went to. I sometimes think back and I'm like, why did I do that? And being at those places where you literally have no control over your life, you barely talk to your parents. Like, these people that are taking care of you are changing every eight hours. And some of them literally hate you for no reason. This one girl was, like, racist as fuck to me in Arizona. And I literally told her, I was like, shut your fucking mouth. Like, stop talking. And she was like, no, I'm not going to stop talking. And my friend at the time who was there, she was like, you should really shut your mouth right now. Like, stop talking. And so then she said it again. And so then when we walked to school, I followed her. And I literally ran up to her and punched her in the face. And then they were like, oh, let's do a mediation. Like, can you go in there and like just talk to her and apologize? And I walked in there and then of course she, she didn't even want to apologize. She didn't even see there was anything wrong with her being racist. And I was like, oh, fuck no. So I went off on her in there. And it was in the therapist's office. And so like there was only two staff and they were freaking the fuck out. Somehow the lights got turned off. It was kind of wild. But she learned her lesson. Was she ever racist again? To me, no. And I'm sure she thought twice about it being racist out in public because I whooped her ass twice. I don't know. There's just circumstances like that where you're just like living with these fucking annoying ass people. There's another girl who had it out for me for what? Why? I don't know. And she tried to come up behind me and hit me too. And so I turned around and beat her ass as well. And the staff was like, Jordan, you won. Like, just get off of her and all this. And I'm like, you're not going to come up and try and hit me from behind for no reason and then you're thinking you're just gonna get away with it with a couple punches no i'm sure that's something i really need to sit and think about why i got so angry at some of these places but i just already didn't want to live as is and then you're gonna test my buttons you're gonna say something racist you're gonna be a bitch like i don't have time for that like i barely want to be on this earth like and then you want to come make my life worse everyone underestimated i think my powers of how i was gonna hurt myself until they really knew like the psych hospital I went to a lot when I was an adolescent, they they picked it up pretty quickly that I was, you know, going to make issues. So especially towards the end where my, like hurting myself became needing several amounts of stitches or staples, they put me on a one-to-one -one and then I left and I came back and it was like, nope, instant one-to-one. Like, normally when you're on a one-to-one, -one, it means you're going to be there for a while because you have to get off your one-to-one -one and prove that you're safe enough to be on your own. And... They were just like, no, we're discharging you off of a one-to-one. -one. And then literally put me on a one-to-one -one as soon as I came back. I haven't been there since they renovated it, but when I was there, they had a boys' hall and a girls' hall. And in the boys' hall, there was right by the nurse's station, there was a singular room. And all the other ones had two or three beds. 
that would be like my room like they literally wouldn't let me come back to the hospital unless the, the kid who was in that room left so that I could be in that room where they could move him to somewhere else after I did that to my arm they put this like freaking like almost like floaty moment over my like elbow arm area and there's a protocol that it was like if I touch that if I touch that floaty I was to be restrained instantly I was like not allowed to leave my room like I had my own program there was at one point where it was like I was only allowed to be at my little desk in the corner by the phones there was one guy who was my one-to-one and we would like race on sudoku so they would literally print us the same puzzle and then we would see who could finish it first so there was still like really good moments and especially since I was there for like three years straight for like months on end like I should go back and like calculate how long like time-wise it was but it was definitely at least like because I went there once for like seven weeks straight so it was at least like four or five months of total time that I was staying at that place from 2014 to 2017 so obviously like I knew a lot of these staff and like kind of got a little bit closer with them so that wasn't really an issue but it was just like I wasn't really allowed to go anywhere I wasn't allowed to be really in the cafeteria either and that also kind of came with some perks though as well because I was able to watch like movies on my own in a different room I got the iPad and since I couldn't eat in like the kitchen whatever group room it was like a whole little I don't even know what that was called like milieu I guess then I would have this like set of post-it notes on my door that says like do not wake me up for breakfast don't wake me up for vitals like just don't do it and so they would let me sleep in and then once I woke up I would have my breakfast and I would have my vitals so like that was kind of nice and then they let me bring my blanket there And I had some other personal items, but it was stuff that I had to earn. So it was like I had to go to X amount of groups or do X amount of paperwork. I don't even know what it was. Just I had to earn it, basically. And if I tried to hurt myself or touch that fucking floaty, everything got taken away until I earned it again. And I've been seeing a lot of TikToks about wilderness camps. And there was one in particular that I saw that was talking about all the people that have, like, died there and or gone missing the children. And so I was reading some of the comments about it. There was some talking about um, Paris Hilton and where she went and which is where I went. And so I saw a comment that was saying that she went there two years ago and it was hell on earth. And I was like, well, I went there five years ago and it was hell on earth. So obviously in those three years, they didn't change at all because this other girl went through hell like me, which is so sad, like to think about. And just with the wilderness camps, too. But then on top of that, I saw these comments that were talking about how dare these parents send their kids to these places. Like, they didn't do any kind of research. How did you not know your child was going through all this? You didn't know neglect and all this crap. And then someone, I saw this comment, it pissed me off so mad, but it's like pure ignorance because they were like, can't they just try therapy first? And I'm like, oh my God, like, that's not how it works. Like, it's not like these freaking kids are depressed and then one day or the next day are sent to freaking wilderness camp and then they talk about the kidnapping and it's like I completely understand how traumatic and awful it is that they do that kidnapping thing but I think people also don't understand how desperate parents are to get their children help and how desperate they are because like in my circumstance no one was keeping me safe no one I was in the psych ward and no one could keep me safe even there So my parents had no choice. It wasn't like they freaking, you know, were trying to get me. And, like, I had a maximum of, like, 30 minutes allowed to talk to them a week. 
in that time you're not talking to them about all the horrible shit that's going on and I'm not even fully processing at that time either all that shit that's going on it's just so unfair that they were like putting it on all the parents and it's like they made it seem as though like a kid would skip school for like two days straight and next thing you know they're getting sent to the wilderness camp or the kidnapping situation when it's like you have no idea how it's like a last resort like parents aren't just out here trying to give their kids trauma by kidnapping them in the middle of the night it's because they know that these kids will flip out if they know that they're getting sent somewhere else and they have to do it for the safety of the children and just to get them because there's a lot of kids who if they found out that they were going like I never resisted I knew fully I was going I got on the flights like I did it all but there's kids who are not doing that there's kids who are not out here just willingly going to treatment will willingly get on the flight or won't try and run away or make a scene while they're at the airport to try and get themselves out of going to these places so therefore they have to like and it's not even kidnapping them but I totally see what they mean by saying that phrase but because it is frightening to have someone wake you up at 3 a.m and fucking take all your stuff like I never got to a place where I saw that firsthand I actually replaced someone who that got to at one of my places so all the other people were there that night that that happened and they explained it to me and how terrifying that was and I've met people who've gone through that as well and it's terrifying and it's also just like these parents like their intention was to get me help to keep us safe to hopefully turn our lives into a better direction than gangs and drugs or like whatever people were going through they're not sending us here to for us to freaking get traumatized. And at this point too, for me specifically, I had gone to every other residential treatment that was on the West Coast that my insurance would accept. Like this was my last one that I hadn't gone to. I don't know. I just hate that they like blamed the parents. Like all the comments were just like full blown, like parents are shitty. They shouldn't even have their kids after sending them there. And I'm like, why aren't we blaming these places? Why is it okay that these even exist? Or why aren't we talking about how traumatic it is for the children who go there? And like, let's work on getting them help instead of sitting here blaming the fucking parents for doing what they thought was helping their children. Let's get the children help. Let's talk to whoever freaking is the governor of Utah, who's probably just delusional as well. Let's just work on getting these wilderness and like all these places shut down. Stop blaming the fucking parents and blame the treatment centers that exist. Blame the staff that worked there and allowed all this, saw it going on and let it continue and even participated in the abuse. Let's blame them. How about that? I just know that there's so many kids that freaking have trauma from that place. And I also know that a lot of the girls that I went to shortly within the year after, within a year of them getting out, which was about within a year or so of me getting out as well, they were pregnant. There was like at least, I'm going to say 20 girls. And it was weird because like almost all of them were boys except one. And then that girl named her daughter Karen, but K-A-R-Y-N-N. And I was like, why would you do that? Like the whole Karen meme and everything was already out at this point. I was like, you just set your daughter up for failure. But anyway, it was just weird that they were all like boys that came out. But that's all I'm saying is like they left these places and all we wanted to do was the opposite of what everyone told us to do because we had to follow everything we were told to do to basically get basic rights, essentially. And so when we get out of here and we're free, we have so much trauma. We have so much 
things and there's not a lot of programs either for stepping people down out of those places like thankfully I had mine but it was still an insane adjustment to come out of those places I imagine it's the same for people coming out of jail it's like the similar situation where you're like thrown back into society and you're supposed to be like figuring it out when like so much shit has went down while you're gone I don't know it just really pissed me off to read that comment being like go to therapy why don't they try therapy first like I don't know just pissed me off this is episode 20 which is just really cool that we have made it to 20 episodes just like talking about this stuff I think it's important to bring awareness and stop the ignorance of that one person who was like just send them to therapy I'll talk to you in the next podcast and in the meantime stay cool be you peace